It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. The Locked On NBA Fantasy Minute is presented by PrizePix. PrizePix is the most fun you can have playing daily fantasy basketball and winning up to 25 times your money. Go to prizepix.com slash LockedOnNBA and use the code LockedOnNBA for a first deposit match up to $100. We are very much in the thick of the fantasy basketball playoffs. You might be starting it this week. You might be already in it. It might be a week away. And at this point of the year, with only five weeks left in the entire regular season, Playing the schedule is the most important thing. So this week, the Minnesota Timberwolves and the Los Angeles Lakers play two games only. So any fringe players you have from those teams, even guys, yes, like Kyle Anderson replacing Kyle Anthony Towns, that's not worth it with two games on. You need to be stacking extra games and you need to be looking at the teams with four games. You need to be looking at teams with games early in the week and then switching them out for teams with more games later in the week. Get more games in, play the schedule, be cutthroat with injuries and get players in to get yourself success for fantasy basketball. Jackson Gatlin here, host of the Monday edition Locked On NBA podcast. Every Monday, I cover the three biggest stories in the NBA with the local experts from Locked On. It's an awesome recap of the weekend of the NBA and a look at what's ahead. Mark your calendars on Monday to join me for Locked On NBA podcast, available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. You are Locked On Magic, your daily podcast on the Orlando Magic, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And you are indeed Locked On Magic. Today is December 31st, 2018. Happy New Year's Eve to everyone. I hope you have a great last day to the 2018 calendar year. My name is Philip Rossenreich. I'm the expert and site editor over at OrlandoMagicDaily.com. And of course, follow me on Twitter at R underscore OMD. On today's episode of Locked On Magic, we'll talk all about the Magic's win over the Detroit Pistons, uh, and and really that win as well as the win over the Toronto Raptors, how the Magic closed out their homestand on a positive note, getting two wins on the four-game homestand. Not all they wanted, but certainly finding some things as well as they get ready for a very difficult road trip. We'll talk a little bit about that as well. And then I'm going to talk a lot about Aaron Gordon today. I know that there's been a lot of people who might think that Aaron Gordon is having a bad season, but I'm here to tell you he just played two of the very best games of his career. Yeah, I mean that, of his career over the last two outings and has been very, very good all year long. So we'll talk a little bit about him and the season he's having coming up on today's podcast. But before we do any of that, I want to remind you all that you can check out all the great podcast on the Locked On Podcast Network. The Orlando Magic getting ready to take on the Charlotte Hornets on Monday. If you want the lowdown on the Hornets, I would highly suggest you check out Locked On Hornets. They do a great job covering the Hornets. I'm sure they're excited about their season just as Magic fans are. Cautiously optimistic about their season so far. So definitely check out Locked On Hornets. I know they do a good job. If you want the Pistons perspective on Sunday's win, check out Locked On Pistons. They also do a good job covering the Pistons. I've talked to them in the past um, about Grant Hill, about about other things. So definitely check them out. And of course, for the national perspective, check out Locked On NBA for the latest on the NBA from a national perspective. A lot to get to there. So Locked On Podcast Network, it's your team every day. Check it out on iTunes. Just search for Locked On and the team you are looking for. Friday night, the Orlando Magic did something that was quite surprising. After falling behind early to the Toronto Raptors, they steamrolled them, winning by leading by 30-plus and never really getting threatened after the third quarter. A, what turned out to be, I think it was a 
56 to 16 run, something to that effect, through the middle two quarters. The Magic just dominated them. It was one of the best games the team has played all year. They stopped a four game losing streak. Nikola Vucevic with 30 points, 20 rebounds, eight assists, one of the few players in NBA history to, to do that. It was just a dominant, complete performance from the Magic that we haven't seen from this team in a very long time. But the question is always when the Magic do something like that is can they follow it up? Yeah, it's great to have a great one-off performance, but to do it again and again and again, that's the measure of a good team. It's it, it's about consistency, and that's been something that's eluded the Magic here uh, for the last month or so. Yeah, they've stayed in the playoff race, but they haven't been able to kind of bring the same effort, and, and, and really, I, I say this about this team a lot, I have really no feel for what this team's going to do on a night-to-night basis. But I will say this. After watching Friday's game and watching uh, and listening to the team after Friday's game, I really thought that there's a very good chance with how much Detroit is struggling that they could go out and win that game. Not in a blowout fashion, I didn't expect that, but fairly comfortably. Until about the two-minute mark, two-and-a-half-minute mark, Certainly looked like that. Orlando racing out to a 14-point lead in the first quarter. Uh, you know, losing that thanks to the bench, but rebuilding it up to eight, nine points throughout much of the third and fourth quarter, letting it slip down to three, but never really feeling threatened, never really feeling that Detroit was going to take the take the game. And indeed, the Pistons never led after the first quarter in this one. Orlando did have control over the game. But as things often do, it came down to the last moments. Orlando, leading by seven, went cold. The offensive execution stopped working. The the shots that they were getting were not falling. And Detroit worked their way back into the game just methodically. It was not a a, a sudden burst of of energy, but make a couple threes, make a couple plays, and yeah, you're back in the game. Down by three points, Reggie Bullock gets fouled on a three-pointer with about two seconds to play. And it was a bad, bad foul by Jaron Grant, who was in for an injured DJ Augustin. And the Magic all of a sudden found themselves in a tie game, a game that only moments ago when Terrence Ross dunked the ball looked like they were going to run away with and hold on to. But the Magic have heroes. And on the inbounds pass, Evan Fournier took two dribbles and hit a difficult floater, a difficult runner, at the buzzer for the win to give the Magic a 109-107 to victory. Until really those final two minutes, Orlando did indeed play with the same kind of urgency and for the most part, attention to detail that they need in order to win games. They moved the ball effectively, getting Aaron Gordon out in, in uh, on cuts and moving to the basket. They got open three-pointers and really, except for the bench again, which the bench has struggled, it's no, no secret that the Magic's bench has been a little rough. Outside of the bench play, Orlando really played effectively all night. They shoot 47.1% from the floor, 22 of 24 from the foul line. Really, the only issue they had was some turnovers with 13 and giving up offensive rebounds, giving up 17 for the game. But even then, even then, I would say that despite giving up 17 offensive rebounds, and they only gave up 14 second-chance points. So when they did give up rebounds, they challenged those shots. They made it difficult for Andre Drummond and Blake Griffin. 
And really, the key difference in this game was the Magic bench could only play in short bursts. And so, yeah, it did feel like the starters ran out of gas a little bit toward the end of the game. Their defensive attention to detail wasn't as strong after the first quarter especially, but certainly in toward the end of the game. But they did enough. They found the offense to, to lift them through. They made the shots that they needed to. They scored when they needed to. And they got the stops when they needed to. And at the end of the day, you know, there's a lot to clean up, obviously. But at the end of the day, winning is all that matters. And Orlando got the win. Orlando got two vitally important wins ahead of one of the most difficult road trips that I have ever seen watching the NBA. Starts Monday at Charlotte, then heads to Chicago, Minnesota, LA Clippers, Sacramento, and then Utah. Again, in the next 10 days, we're going to learn a lot about this Magic team. The next 10 days is not make or break the season, but it's going to set the direction for this franchise for the rest of the season. And yes, they are in the playoff race, a half game behind the Pistons now for the eighth spot. But they're in the hunt. And this is a big stretch coming up that the Magic just really have to survive. But Orlando's done more than survive, it feels like, right now. The last two games especially, Orlando feels like they've found their groove again. That mojo that had been lost, they have found. Of course, momentum is the next day's pitcher. They have to do it again against Charlotte and and now there's some injury concerns. Friday night, Orlando switched up the rotation, taking Jaron Grant out and putting Jonathan Simmons in as the backup point guard. Wessa Wundu taking up some of Simmons' old minutes. And it worked. Simmons did a good job getting the team into the sets, driving the ball, and, and, and being a distributor rather than a scorer. It's a really, really good performance, a really good idea from Steve Clifford, and it worked out perfectly. Sunday brought more mixed results, but... Didn't get to see much more of it because Simmons played only nine minutes, a little bit less than nine minutes, and then sprained, left the game with a sprained ankle, did not return in the second half. So the Magic starting to be a little shorthanded, and then DJ Augustin rolled his ankle in the fourth quarter. So their statuses are both unknown for Monday's game against the Hornets. Certainly the Magic will need both of them, although Orlando did call up Troy Copain and Emil Jefferson from the G League. They are, expect, they are expected, I believe, to travel with the team to Charlotte at the very least. So spending a couple days here on the main roster as they get 45 for the whole G League season. So yes, it's not a clean game. Yes, Orlando still has a lot to clean up, turnovers especially. But they still did a lot of really good. And I would say it was one of Orlando's strongest games that they've had in a very long time. And and, and they played really, really well and beat a, a Pistons team that is having its own struggles. But they beat a Pistons team exactly how they want to beat them. With defense. With determination. With grit. Pistons shooting only 42.4% from the floor. 25.8%. And yes, they give up 17 offensive rebounds, but only 12 second chance po- or 14 second chance points. Outside of a 38-point second quarter where the Magic's defense just kind of started slipping when the bench unit came in. The Magic dominated this game almost completely. Whether it was Nikola Vucevic deflecting lob attempts to Andre Drummond or being a great, as I think, as, as Steve Clifford has described it, lane protector. I really like that, that term for Vucevic because I think that he does that very well. He's very good at warding people away from their preferred spots right now. 
angling them away or, or toward the help. Aaron Gordon was fantastic, flying around the paint, contesting shots from Blake Griffin, making Blake Griffin's life really hard. Shot only 4 for 10 for the game, 15 points. The guy's averaging 25 points per game, I believe. Made his life really difficult on both ends. But really, it was his activity around the basket as a rebounder, as someone trying to protect the rim a little bit. It was a huge, 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 huge effort from Aaron Gordon, and I'll, I'll talk a little bit more about him in just a moment here. Now, the Magic got the exact kind of effort that they're going to need if they want to close out and win games the rest of the year. And when the chips were down, when the chips were down, Evan Fournier delivered with an incredibly tough shot, but a heady shot from him. And Orlando came out the winner, 109-107. to Hey guys, it's Walker Mail, host of the Locked On Hornets podcast. And being around sports media and a fan of the Hornets for a lifetime has taught me that sometimes it's exploring the sliding doors moments and what-if scenarios in sports that can be the best part of the fan experience. What if the Seahawks let Marshawn run on the one-yard line with the Super Bowl on the line? Or could a coin flip actually have landed Magic in Chicago, Michael in L.A., and made Charles Barkley the first black president? Enter Wondery's newest sports show, Alternate Routes, a weekly leap into the sports multiverse with former Sports Center anchors Trey Wingo and Kevin Frazier. Each week on the podcast, Trey and Kevin will pry open the sliding doors of a different what if moment from the world of sports. In these alternate sports realities, dynasties will fall, legacies will change forever, new goats will emerge. Follow Alternate Routes on the Wondery app or wherever you get your podcast. You can listen to Alternate Routes early and ad-free right now by joining Wondery Plus. Let's run through the final stats for you real fast. We'll go through them here. Uh, DJ Augustin, another masterful performance, 26 points. 6-for-11 shooting, 4-for-7 from beyond the arc, 10-for-10 10 10 from the foul line, 8 assists to 1 turnover, as well as 2 steals for DJ Augustin. Um, he's playing really good basketball. Right now, obviously, he had the big game against the Suns, had another nice game against the Raptors on Friday, another big game here, just a, a really steady, consistent option for the Magic. They rely on him really, really well. Um, he, you know, He's just uh, a guy that they can turn to and know that they will get good production and, and just steady play from and not make a ton of mistakes. Um, you know, I think honestly when they were struggling a little bit, uh, you know, a little a week ago, um, a big reason why was because Augustin was not as sharp as he had been before. And obviously the Magic have a bit of a deficiency at point guard. No one's going to deny that. But Augustin played extraordinarily well um, in these last two games. And, and obviously um, it has the stat lines to show it and the Magic have, have the results to show for it too. Nikola Vucevic follows up his 30-20 game with 22 points, 11 rebounds, 10 for 15 shooting, 4 assists as well, plus a steal and 2 blocks. Both both of those coming on the same play, actually, where he blocked the initial shot and then completely destroyed the second shot. So a really nice play from Nikola Vucevic. Um, even though Andre Drummond had a big game on the glass, including 8, including, I believe, 7 offensive rebounds, 7 of his 15 rebounds on the offensive end, I thought Vucevic did a really good job protecting the paint, um, being someone who who gave Drummond some fits, didn't let him get into a rhythm at all, um, and, and contested everything that 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 they put up in the paint. This is a Pistons team that one of the few teams in the league that still employ two traditional bigs, two guys that like to be close to the paint. Um, Drummond can't obviously extend too far from the paint, but um, Griffin certainly can. He's he's started to develop some three point range, 
But Orlando did a good job keeping both of those players under wraps. A really impressive work from both of them uh, overall. Aaron Gordon, I'll go into him in more detail, but his final stat line, 22 points, 10 rebounds, 4 assists, 8 for 15 shooting. Uh, just Again, I'm going to say this in a little bit. I honestly thought that Sunday afternoon was the best game I've ever seen Aaron Gordon play. We've seen him drop 40 points. We've seen him do all these things offensively, but the mixture of both his defense and his offense in this game, and again, I'll talk about this in a moment, uh, was exactly what you imagined from Aaron Gordon when you drafted him five years ago. Um, so we'll talk about that in just a bit. So I don't want to I don't want to spoil that too much. So so we'll chat on that uh, here in a little bit. Um, Evan Fournier, thirteen points, six for ten shooting, three assists, three turnovers, five rebounds. An up and down game for Evan Fournier for sure. It's just a little sloppy, especially in transition. But again, when the chips are down, Evan Fournier is going to make a play for you. Um, you know, it's kind of his turn not to get a lot of shots within the offense this game. Uh, but you know, chips are down. They ran the play for him. He made the play. He's he should be known for making clutch shots at this point. He's he's one of the most clutch players in Magic history. He's made a lot of big shots in their history. This one was no different. Um, you know, just made a really nice move uh, to to get open. You know, use the use the momentum against Stanley Johnson. I believe was on him at the time. Uh, and made a really tough shot. So obviously he's the hero. Didn't play a bad game. Certainly didn't have the numbers that, that you always expect from Fournier, but was just overall really, really, really solid as well. Other notable scores, Terrence Ross, nine points, four for 13 shooting, one for five from beyond the arc, but nine rebounds for him. Found a way to contribute, found a way to contribute, um, even though his shot wasn't falling particularly well. Uh, but, you know, I, I think we're seeing Ross go through some ups and downs right now. He's kind of falling back to his mean a little bit as a shooter, so he'll have some big games, he'll have some weak games. I, th- I think the biggest problem, though, is the Magic just cannot afford to have off nights from, from Terrence Ross, especially if Jonathan Simmons is going to miss some time. Simmons, 7 points, 3 for 7 shooting again in 8.55 of play. Didn't really get a chance to get going, uh, but I think that if you know Simmons is going to be out for a while, that's going to make Ross's role all the more important because the Magic just don't have a lot of scoring off their bench. Um, you know, Detroit Detroit's bench killed them in this game is the reason why Detroit was in the game because the Magic starters just absolutely won the day. But the the Magic bench just isn't good enough. I'll note one more player, Mo Bamba, four points, two for seven shooting, but over three from beyond the arc. Six rebounds for him. Two steals as well. Um, I think Bamba is... I'd say this about Bamba. I, I think we are seeing him begin to assert himself a little bit more on offense. He's more comfortable as a shooter at least even though he's not making a ton of shots. Uh, and, and is and is at least, I think, you could see that he's he's understanding where he needs to be on offense and, and getting to the right spots and, and, and generally making the right thought processes. Now, is he producing? Is he taking that next step and actually executing? It's not quite there yet. And I would honestly say, like, the biggest thing with Mo Bamba, the biggest thing that I've seen, I saw with Mo Bamba Sunday, and I, I, I would say that this is probably true of, of everything that, that he's done so far, He's just not ready for contact. Um, you know, I think right now he's shying away from contact a little bit too much, uh, and that's why he's struggling to score and settling for his jumper too much. I mean, he really shouldn't be taking three three pointers in a game. I, I don't care how good of a three point shooter he is. You know, Vucevic isn't even doing that, and he's a much better three point shooter. Um, he was over two, by the way. But uh, Bamba, it, I think Bamba. I mean, the the only th- I mean Bamba has had some negative statistics out there. Um, you know, uh, you know, you look at every measure, he is 
the one of the worst players in terms of net rating, in terms of uh, in terms of rotation players, and there and whether the the team is performing well with him on the floor, and some of that's certainly the lineups that he's he's in, but I think a big part of that too is that I think a big part of that too is. Bamba just isn't ready for the physicality of the NBA. And you could see him shying away from contact or taking hits and just getting knocked off off course too much. Um, you know, I, I think that it really, there's not going to be a lot to learn from Bamba this this season except for just getting him experience. And, and I think he's playing the right amount of minutes and getting the right, right amount of exposure. The only thing that's really going to help him is getting in the weight room, getting stronger, and getting more confident and comfortable with his body. I'm, I think that's absolutely the next step in Bamba's game, and it's not something you can work on during the season. You, you can work on it a little bit, um, and, and, and I, all, by all indications, the Magic are encouraged with the work that he has put in, and, and I would say that you know he looks a lot bigger than he did, say, in Summer League, but there is a lot of work left to do with Bamba, so I would keep your expectations relatively modest with him. You'll have his, his good games, and certainly... I think he was willing to mix things up defensively and changed, made some impact defensively in Sunday's game. But the strength and, and the physicality is going to be the big keys to Bamba's ultimate success in this league. And right now, he just doesn't really have it. Um, you know, I, I just think that's that's just the reality of it. He'll get there. I'm confident he'll get there. Um, but he's not there yet. So so a lot lot to do, lot to go there. Top scores for the for the Pistons: Luke Kennard off the bench scores 16 points, helping us. Uh, Spark the Pistons comeback in the first half when they were down by 14. Reggie Bullock with 15, but 4 for 14 shooting. Blake Griffin with 15, but 4 for 10 shooting. Andre Drummond with 14 points, 15 rebounds. And rookie Bruce Brown with 10 points for the Pistons. Reggie Jackson adding 11 on 5 for 15 shooting. Detroit shoots 42.4% from the floor. Gets 17 offensive rebounds with just 14 second chance points. The Orlando Magic defeat the Detroit Pistons 109 to 107. On a floater by Evan Fournier at the buzzer, Orlando moves on to take on the Charlotte Hornets on Monday at the Spectrum Center. Should be a fun one, especially if DJ Augustin can't go because I don't know how the Magic will check Kemba Walker if that is the case. The NBA playoffs are right around the corner and Locked On NBA is here daily to keep you caught up with all the late season drama. Every Monday, Jackson Gatlin rounds up the three biggest stories around the league, helping to break down the NBA playoffs. Mark your calendars to listen to Locked On NBA every Monday to be up to date. Locked On NBA, available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. When Aaron Gordon signed his new contract this summer, he became the highest paid player on the team. And while that's not really a, a meaningful thing, it it, it 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 has meaning and it doesn't. Because, you know, you're, you're, the amount of money you're paid is based on the market at the time you hit it. And Aaron Gordon earned every penny, or, or certainly uh, on the investment the Magic made, believed that, that they will get a return on that investment. Last season, Gordon had a career year by almost any measure. Career-high in points, career-high in rebounds, career-high effective field goal percentage, or career-high three-point field goal percentage. His usage rate was a career-high as well. 
he tried to take on the mantle of the future star for the Magic. And entering this season after that strong year that he had, I think most of us believed Aaron Gordon was the one destined for stardom. That would be that would be Aaron Gordon that we're talking about as potentially heading to Charlotte to represent the Magic. And, and, and I think most of us would say that if the Magic were to make the playoffs, it would be because Aaron Gordon took the star leap. That this truly became Aaron Gordon's team. And so, yeah, if you view things from that lens and you look at his salary, which is substantial, again, the highest paid player on the team, and you see a guy who on Friday took only six shots, who on Friday grabbed, who who for the season has only averaged 15 points per game, is not the leading scorer on the team. It's not a guy who the offense runs through. I can understand your disappointment and your feeling that Gordon should be doing more. You honestly should should note that Steve Clifford agrees that he should be doing more for Gordon to put him in those positions to succeed. But I would also argue this, and I think I have argued this on the podcast, and I've certainly said this elsewhere, that scoring is not what really matters to Aaron Gordon anymore, or today, this season. The challenge for Aaron Gordon was laid out at Media Day when he met with us, the media, for the first time this season. Steve Clifford, standing next to him at a a photo station, shouted, all defensive team, all defensive team. And Gordon kind of smiled and kind of nodded knowingly. Because Gordon, at his root, uh, on that first introductory press conference that he gave when the Magic drafted him five years ago. He said, first and foremost, I want to play defense. That's what I'm good at. And with his athleticism, with his length, with with his versatility, there was no reason why Aaron Gordon couldn't be an elite defender. In fact, in flashes and spurts, we saw that. But last year, that was part of his game that went to the wayside. Through all the position changes and coaching changes and role change last year, the Magic needed Gordon to score. The Magic gave him freedom, perhaps a little too much freedom, to go out and score. And so the defense that was at the very crux of why he was in the NBA to begin with fell a bit to the wayside. That is not the case anymore. And so while some might only look at the raw scoring numbers, the raw statistics in general, and say the Magic need more from Aaron Gordon, because of Aaron Gordon's defense, they're getting more. And I, like I, like I would tell you this, Aaron Gordon is having a career season. He may not be scoring as much, but what he is scoring, he's scoring efficiently. He's passing the ball effectively. And most importantly, he's playing defense at an incredibly high level. He's contributing a ton 
on the defensive end. And the proof is in his last two games where he held Kawhi Leonard to, I think it was 7 for 18 shooting, something like that, or 7 for 21 shooting. He scored 21 points, but inefficiently. And in the third quarter, when Gordon really locked down Kawhi Leonard, that's when the Magic made their big push to, just, to, to run away with the game. On Sunday against the Detroit Pistons, Gordon helped hold Blake Griffin to 4 for 10 shooting and just 15 points. Griffin still had 5 assists, so, you know, and it's not all on Gordon, but it was an effective, strong performance. And if you go back and watch the tape, if you go back and watch that game, you see Gordon flying around the paint, contesting shots at the rim, challenging shots without fouling. All the things that a good defender must do. And it wasn't just his man. His help side defense has been really strong. He's rediscovered his defensive identity. And it's helped make him a much stronger two-way player. A much more versatile and effective player for this team. Even in the moments when his offense isn't there, Steve Clifford has praised Aaron Gordon. Because he's committed himself to the defensive end. So when he has games like he had Sunday, where he shot 8 for 15 from the floor, 22 points, 10 rebounds, 4 assists, 7 free throw attempts. Those are the kind of complete games the Magic hoped they'd see from Aaron Gordon when they drafted him. Those are the kind of complete games that make Gordon such a special and intriguing young player. The offense will come. He hasn't had the big 40-point game this season. He hasn't had the, the, the big moment, so to speak. The defining offensive moment like he did early last season. But a lot of the bad habits are decreasing. He's not dribbling around as much, probing and looking to isolate. He's not settling for mid-range jumpers as much. He's getting to the basket. When the Magic offense is working at its best, he is cutting and moving and getting to the basket freely or getting out in transition when the defense is working real well. The offense will come. But what's been most important and what's been most stunning about Aaron Gordon's season and why he has made such a huge leap this year, even if the numbers don't show it, is that he impacts the game positively regardless of his offense. He could take six shots like he did Friday and the team still win by 20 points because of the effort he put in on Kawhi Leonard. And that was with him not getting any calls, by the way. I'll say it. He got... There's some questionable calls against him in that game. But it didn't matter. Because Gordon is showing the maturity, the resilience, the, the, the stick it, stick-to-itness, whatever you want to call it, to be an elite defender. Gordon won't make the all-defensive team this year because that team is built largely on reputation. No one's really watching defense that closely, that, that votes in that thing. And I don't know if I'd put Gordon in there in that class quite yet. But we all know he has the potential to get there. And consistently, night to night, he is thriving in that role. Showing how he has improved so much this year. So like I said, with the mix of 
how effective and efficient his offense was and how strong his defense was against one of the uh, one of the all-stars in this league because Blake Griffin will be an all-star this year. Gordon might have played the very best game of his career on Sunday night. I have no qualms about saying that. I really do think that. He played one of the best games of his career Sunday night. And stat lines like that might become commonplace for him as he continues to grow and continues to improve. I want to thank you all again for listening to today's episode of Locked on Magic. Of course, find us on Twitter at Locked on Magic. Subscribe to the podcast on iTunes, Stitcher, TuneIn, and all the fun places to download podcasts to your podcasting listening device. And of course, follow us on Twitter at Locked on Magic. You can follow me on Twitter at philiprr underscore omd. Don't forget, for the latest on the Orlando Magic, be sure to check out orlandomagicdaily.com and follow us on Twitter there at omagicdaily. We'll have complete coverage of the Magic's game against the Charlotte Hornets on tomorrow's episode of Locked on Magic. It'll probably be a shorter episode um, because of the New Year holiday, but I say that and it'll probably end up being 30 minutes anyway, just like this one. So we'll see you again. We'll see you tomorrow for an episode for an episode recapping the Magic scheme against the Hornets. Tip off there is at six o'clock. But until then, for Orlando Magic Daily and Locked On Magic, this has been Philip Rossenreich. I'll see you all again next time for another episode of Locked On Magic. You are Locked On Magic, your daily Orlando Magic podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Hey, Prime members, you can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.